Erica Lindsay Ayala here for another episode of Locked on Kraken on a Seattle Kraken game day. Let's go. But the game day is not the lead story. We're going to talk about World Juniors. All that and more coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken. <laughs> You are Locked On Kraken, your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey again, Seattle hockey fans, Erica Lindsay Ayala here, your host of Locked On Kraken. As always, I want to thank you for making Locked On Kraken your first listen of the day. Now, I was waiting for morning skate. I went for a bike ride. I cleaned my stove. So, you know, I had to get out of the apartment, let all the fumes air out, all that good stuff. And just as I was getting ready to record, morning skate had already happened. We're um, going to recap what Larson and Dave Haxtell talked about. The audio wasn't great, so I'm going to recap it. Not going to play it for you. Um, the, the news about Worlds started circulating. First, it was some tweets saying there was news from Edmonton that World Juniors to be canceled. And on yesterday's show, of course, I talked about Maddie Beneers. Got an assist in that first game, USA Hockey. Did not score in the second game because nobody for USA scored in the second game. They had to forfeit due to COVID. COVID protocol with Team USA said that they had until today to figure out what they were going to do for their next prelim game. Well, it turns out the IIHF pulled the plug on the whole thing. Here's the announcement. Following a recommendation by the Tournament COVID-19 Medical Group and the IIHF Medical Committee, the IIHF Council has decided that Due to the ongoing spread of COVID-19 and the Omicron variant, the 2022 IIHF World Junior Championship will be canceled to ensure the health and safety of all participants. The decision comes from the follow the decision comes following a positive case on a player on the Russian national team, which would have necessitated a forfeit of the Russia-Slovakia game scheduled for December 29th. The game is the third to be canceled due to positive cases following Switzerland, USA, and Finland, Chechnya. In addition to ensuring health and safety of participants, the council has determined that with another forfeiture, the third forfeited game in two days, the sportive integrity... The sportive integrity of the event had been compromised and the event must be canceled. Quote, together with the teams, we came to we came into this event with full confidence in the COVID-19 protocols put in place by the IHF, the LOC, Alberta Health, Alberta Health Services and Public Health and Safety Agency of Canada, said IIHF President Luke Tardif. We owed it to the participating teams to do our best to create the conditions necessary for this event to work, said Tardif. Okay, cutting back to me for a moment here because you might have heard my snark when I read that comment because Luke also had comments regarding women's worlds. We'll get into that later on the show, but just remember that I said that. Okay, back to his statement. Unfortunately, this was not enough. We now have to take some time and focus on getting all players and team staff back 
home safely. Hockey Canada President Scott Smith and CEO Tom Rennie shared the following statement. Hockey Canada has worked tirelessly since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic to ensure it would be equipped to host a world-class international event in a safe and healthy environment. Despite our best efforts and continually adapting and strengthening protocols, we have been unfortunately we have unfortunately fallen short of our goal of completing the 2022 IAHF World Junior Championship and handing out medals on January 5th due to the challenges of the current COVID-19 landscape. Since the beginning of the pandemic, we have always made the health and safety of event participants and the community at large a priority. If, you, if you're listening on audio, no, I didn't. That wasn't a editing mistake. I was staring blankly into the camera for a little bit of time. More on that later in the show. On to the rest of the statement. Given the news that we have encountered positive cases within the World Juniors environment, we understand and support the decision to cancel the remainder of the event. Although we know this is the right decision, we sympathize with all participants who have earned the opportunity to represent their countries on the world stage. And that will not be able to realize that dream in its entirety. Uh, okay. Um, lots of things. I almost cut out my little rant from yesterday's episode, but I'm glad I left it in because again, I, the, the, there's, there are pieces of this statement that are exactly what you would want to hear. There are pieces of this statement that are exactly what you would want to hear. What is difficult for me to wrap my mind around is that I don't know how anyone on this earth, especially in North America, could be under the delusion that there would be anything remotely safe and foolproof in hosting a tournament in North America, a hockey tournament in North America, and having no positive cases. We're seeing it in NCAA, NFL, NBA, NHL, you know, and again, I know I, you know, some people want, might want to drill me like, aren't you going to the Olympics? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am going to the Olympics. If they're even hosted at this point in time, I really do think there should be a conversation on what's happening with the freaking Olympic games, but yes, I am planning to go. And so giving it, giving it a, a, a good go, I understand there's money involved. But to say that you really thought that you were going to do this with no positive cases, I, okay, maybe I'm interpreting that because we started to hear as sports returned, oh, well, people are going to test positive. That's just what's going to happen. Now, this was before, this was before there was a vaccine. People were saying this before a vaccine, before a booster. Well, people are going to test positive. That's just how it's going to go. So a positive case was a hospitalization overwhelmingly at that time. And we, I'm using air quotes, we as the sporting world were just okay with positive cases, no vaccine, hospitalizations, deaths, and all. So, you know, there's a part of me that just doesn't understand how you could think you were going to 
go on with the show, given that everything was getting, it was rising. It was rising. Then when you add that the precautions were taken on the women's side, they were not taken on the men's side, as in a cancellation. Uh, the cancellation happened on the women's side for, again, what I would consider um, a relatively uh, equal, you know, the U18s world championships here, uh, world juniors. Um, you took the precautions there and with other tournaments, but you, by golly, we're going to get this one in. It was a gamble. And I, I wish, maybe that's what I wish. I wish you would just say, hey, this is a gamble. We're going to go for it. But, you know, we did get that. Luke said that in response to people clapping back about canceling the U18 Women's Worlds. And some of his response was ridiculous. Let's go to his response. It actually took two Twitter pages screenshots, whatever you want to say, uh, for him to get out his full words, but here they are for you. Statement from the IIHF president, Luke Tardif. This is not a gender issue. This is a COVID-19 issue. The top divisions and always to simply cancel the lower divisions, these cancellations have affected six tournaments, not just one, including two men's U-20 events that critics seem to conveniently forget. Okay, let's, let's keep going. In a normal season, we are not canceling anything. The IAHF is not in the business of canceling tournaments. Okay, um... We are here to play tournaments, but we are battling circumstances that are out of our control. And to be perfectly honest, we have to think of the future too. To be perfectly honest, we have to think about the future too? I don't understand. So why did you cancel these tournaments and keep on with World Juniors? I don't understand. But wait, there is more. Is there an economic incentive to host the men's world championships and world juniors every year no matter what? Absolutely. But people misunderstand that this is because we favor men's hockey over women's, which is completely false. The revenue generated from these two events enables our federation to survive and support the operations of all other IIHF world champion events, world championship events. So if I have to make every effort to host a specific tournament to ensure the survival of the other events, then it is my responsibility as IIHF president to do this. Okay. To me, it sounds like perhaps you're just not really great at your job because... <laughs> what? If you're not selling a product as a business person, just generally as a business person, the only time the product is the problem is when women are involved. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that? We can sell six-year-old boys to 60-year-old men and boom, the money's right there, right? But it's always a bad business model 
when women are involved. No, it's just that you don't, you choose not to make the investment. You choose not to call sponsors, uh, call secret, call upper deck, call Dick's sporting goods, call Gatorade. Have you called any of those people to try and host, uh, and, and underwrite the costs for your women's tournaments? I bet you haven't because there are people that have called those companies and they're doing just fine. But wait, there's more. The IIHF has run a women's hockey program since 1990 and was instrumental in the integration of women's hockey into the Olympics program in 1992. Our women's championship program has grown to encompass over 12 women's senior and U18 tournaments and include the participation of 44 of our 82 member national associations. Our commitment to women's hockey is longstanding, legitimate, and substantial. Skirt. Now I want to cut to another uh, instance, instance where IIHF basically didn't even do what Luke says that they do. This was the last time World Women's Worlds U18 was held, and the quality looked as though it was coming through, as you will see on the Twitterverse, through a doorbell camera, fishbowl style. And when Saucy Rockets, they reached out when the U18 tournament, once again impacted by COVID, was essentially streamed through a really terrible camera. Uh, they reached out to the IIHF about the U18 women's stream. And if you hadn't heard about that, look in the show notes because I will post some articles further explaining the ridiculousness of this. But uh, this is the, st the statement from Adam Stees, Stees, I don't know, Stees, S-T-E-I-S-S, -S -S, from IIHF Media. That's how they signed their uh, email. I agree completely with your assessment. The stream was not set up by the local organizing committee, and there was not a possibility to check the quality of the stream until the tournament was underway. The IIHF is working with the LOC to improve the stream quality by adding more cameras over the next few days of the competition. Okay. So the governing body that runs, what was it, 40-some-odd tournaments and how many Luke of those tournaments are women's tournaments. So you oversee all of this. You were overseeing all of this COVID stuff. You made the decision to cancel the U18 tournament and a bunch of other tournaments. You mean to tell me that no one from your office, not Adam, not nobody, could look at the stream? And then we're supposed to believe that you didn't have the capability you didn't have the autonomy to say, hey, like, what's that stream looking like? But then you did have the autonomy to then fix the stream later on? Confusion. So much confusion. Anyway, I didn't want to talk about the IHF today. Didn't want to talk about COVID. But yet, here we are. Coming up next on Locked on Kraken, we are actually going to talk about the Seattle Kraken. I even brought out my jersey for today because it's a Seattle Kraken game day, baby. And yes, I am actually excited to see some hockey. But right now, let me tell you about Bar. It is the new year, and that means it's time for those New Year's resolutions. And uh, it's all about getting fit. I told you I went for a great bike ride today, about two hours. Felt really great. Um, 
but eating has to be a part of your good healthy habits. And that's where Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, can actually help you out. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolutions because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it all. Um, and, you know, it's 130 calories four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein in something that is covered in chocolate. Double chocolate, my personal favorite, waiting for the cookie dough chunk to come back. That's my jammy jam. Um, when you're craving a snack or a treat, you grab a Built Bar. High in protein, low in calories, low in carbs, but still so much fun, so much deliciousness in that built bar. So if you go to built.com right now, you fill up your cart with whatever you want for, you know, your gym bag or whatever you got. And then you use promo code locked 15. You will get 15% off your next order at built.com. As I love to say, happy snacking. Don't forget built.com promo code locked one five for 15% off your next order of built bars. All right, let's talk some hockey. We're finally getting Seattle Kraken hockey back. I'm wearing my Seattle Kraken jersey. I hope that you have all your swagoo on as well. We got a little bit of a different format um, for the notes today, which I really appreciate. Well, we got them yesterday. But the puck drop, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Of course, this is a home game at Climate Pledge Arena. So we're hoping... We'll have some salmon tosses by the end of this game. This is, of course, um, the game against Philadelphia. Now, the first matchup against Philly didn't really work out. Just in case you missed it, here's how that went. Um, so not a great game for us, uh, as I like to do. We're going to go over some of these stats right now in the last 10 games. We're about even. Uh, Philly is 4-5-1 and one with a one-game win streak, and the Seattle Kraken, that would be us. We are four, four, and two, two losses uh, since uh, two losses on the streak for us. So again, six to one on, that was October 18th. Here's where we sit power play wise. We know not great on the power play is Seattle, but neither is Philly. They sit at 22nd penalty kill. Both of us, you know, in that top 20, the Seattle Kraken has the advantage there. Face-offs, favor us, uh, goals four. So this favors the Philadelphia Flyers. They're at 2.80. We're at 2.66 goals against. Whew. All right. Now here's where we can maybe make up some ground. Philly gives up 3.57 goals a game. We give up 3.17. It's going to be Philip Grubauer and net uh, freshly shaven. Dave Haxtell did say that the plan is for Philip Grubauer to get the start. A few other things to note that Joey Decord is one of the two players along with Cole Lind who have been announced as part of the taxi squad. So just a little, just a little bit of an update, um, taxi squad, the NHL, NHLPA announced taxi squads. Also today they announced that if you test positive for COVID, which unfortunately is happening. Instead of a 10-day quarantine period, they're going to shorten that to a five-day quarantine period, and you'll be able to leave quarantine once your fever has gone down and you are no longer expressing any symptoms, and of course, you no longer have COVID. But 
instead of 10 days, they're shortening that to five days. That is recommended by medical professionals, et cetera. So they did get some consultation there. But to me, it kind of sounds like, hey, how can we get guys back as soon as possible? And Adam also spoke today, and he actually talked about coming back from COVID protocol. Now, you heard yesterday from Colin Blackwell. Uh, so Adam Larson over here, he said that he felt fine. Talked about he had just ordered a Peloton before he went into COVID uh, on COVID protocol and was able to utilize that Peloton to stay healthy. Of course, we've been hearing a lot, even from guys like Yanni Gord, that being hockey fit and regular fit, two different things. You got to get your legs back when you're getting there. And Adam Larson says he feels great. You saw Dave Haxel on the screen just a while ago. He says he's playing it by ear. Was asked a lot yesterday today and the day before about what are you going to do, Dave? How do you bring these guys back? And he's like, I don't really know. We'll have to, we're going to have to figure it out. And uh, he also talked about, even though I'm giving you these stats, the Seattle Kraken with everything that's been going on have really been focused on the Seattle Kraken. So we'll see how all of that manifests. This is a very different game day preview because we're coming off of a holiday. We're coming off of so many players being on the COVID protocol list. There's just a lot going on. Obviously, Philadelphia also being impacted by COVID. Uh, Ryan Donato, I believe, was a lone goal scorer last time we played the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, so we'll see if he's out of protocol. I actually don't know. Um, so that's on me. I don't know 100% if Ryan Donato is out of COVID protocol. Overall, Philadelphia is 12, 12, and 5. The Seattle Kraken, 10, 17, and 3. It would be amazing after everything that the league, that this team has gone through to get a win. I would love to talk about a Seattle Kraken win tomorrow instead of having to talk about COVID tomorrow. I'm probably still going to talk about COVID win, lose, or draw. Well, we don't have draws in this hockey game. That's a soccer thing. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Um, I just hope we have enough healthy players looking for uh, a team. We're going to probably see a team that's rusty for a number of reasons, including coming off of a holiday break, including, of course, people coming on and off of uh, the COVID list. So I, I, I think we just have to experience it, right? Let's grab your snacks, grab your built bar, grab your popcorn, whatever you're working with, and let's just enjoy the game. That's all I got. That's all I got, folks. Coming up next, I'm going to uh, – I'm very excited about an upcoming um, event that I will actually be speaking at. So we're going to end the episode talking about the Carnegie Initiative. I know this show has been all over the place. I just really don't know what to talk about. Um, I know this show has been all over the place, but hockey's all over the place. So we're just going to have to deal, folks. All right? So coming up, I will wrap up some of that negative juju, but also give you a solution. And one of the solutions that I've talked about um, is Black Girl Hockey Club. We've talked on the Locked On Roundtable, and I'm going to give you another resource that you should know as we try and really, truly, for real, make hockey for everyone. John Van Biesberg named general manager of USA Hockey, whereas John Quinn, or excuse me, 
John Quinn. David Quinn was named head coach. Now, some of these changes come because of the NHL not playing in the Olympics, so now they had to name some other folks. Um, USA Hockey. It's just disappointing. It's extremely disappointing that you have people involved in um, – the mishandling, at minimum, the mishandling of sexual assault allegations and an actual person that called a black player the N-word. And I don't really believe in N-word. Like, use the real word. But, you know, I don't want – I don't believe in censorship either, and I don't want to get, like, I don't know, like a YouTube or demerit or whatever. But, like, use the racial slur to refer to one of – his own hockey players. These are the people that you now have leading USA Hockey. Now, here's another thing about USA Hockey. I don't know many black players in the pipeline, and there are almost none that we see that play at the Olympic level. We've seen, obviously, a few. Um, but wasn't it Greenway? Wasn't he, like, the first didn't that happen at the last Olympics? Like, it's just stuff like this that just gets so, it's so exhausting. And and for his, <laughs> I really, I don't even know if I want to talk about this more. It's just unreal that some of the comments from him have been, well, oh, I know I'm forgiven or, um, you know, well, if he wants to come find me, he can. It's like, you're the one who used a racial slur to refer to someone on your team. And you want that person to track you down to what? Ask for an apology? That's not how it works. You are the party that committed the harm. You make it right, sir. You make it right. That's So that's USA Hockey. But then now we have the OHL. And some of you may remember pre-draft that there was this kid named Logan um, assaulted uh, and, or excuse me, violated, uh, basically had sex with someone and then violated them by sharing that sexual act without their permission. Not great. Um, so this kid told teams not to draft him, that he wasn't ready. Some teams took him off their board. And then there was Montreal, who even after Logan said, don't draft me, I'm no good for this sport, they drafted him anyway. And then the OHL decided we're going to have an indefinite suspension. Well, that suspension has been lifted as of today, December 29th, 2021, OHL statement on the reinstatement, OHL statement on the reinstatement of London Knights Logan Mallow. I hope I said that right. I do not speak French, in case that's not evidently clear. On September 2nd, 2021, as a result of an incident that occurred November 2020 in, a, in Sweden while the player was on loan to SK Legion, the league 
indefinitely suspended London Knights defenseman Logan Malo. The suspension was based on the player's violation of the league's expectation of appropriate player conduct. At this time of at the time of suspension, the league stated that any decision on reinstatement will be based in part by the player's conduct since his return to Canada and the appropriate treatment, counseling, monitoring, and education he receives from the date of the decision. Since the time of the suspension with the support of the London Knights, Logan has participated in therapy and counseling with Dr. Lindsay Forbes and a personal development plan under the leadership of Wendy Glover. Ms. Glover is a London-based, experienced holistic athlete, development practitioner, academic, and personal development advisor, teacher, and member of the Ontario School of Counselors Association. The player's personal development plan has included weekly meetings, ongoing completion of certifications, and reflection on concepts explored. Some of the certifications and programs available to the athlete that completed were respect in sport, mental health in sport, sport media, sport media, sport media, ha, ethics in sport, diversity and inclusion, sports psychology, and cultural awareness. None of this, to my knowledge, and just in reading this, stands to say how to treat people you have sex with. Like, where's the class? Where's the certificate uh, to that effect? Because um, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't want anyone taking pictures of his business and posting them everywhere. That would be a step too far, right? Ha! And yet... So this news coming, a lot of people kind of conflating it with IIHF. I don't know that I am ready to go there. It's it's just another example of hockey being hockey, but I don't think that I see them related. What I will say is USA Hockey, OHL, Logan, uh, COVID, all of these things I sometimes call Black Girl Hockey Club the balm for me because there's so much going on. There's so much crap that got to deal with. People just being sexist for, for you know, giggles. Um, but the balm for me is Black Girl Hockey Club. And I have another balm, and that is the Carnegie Initiative. Today, the Carnegie Initiative announced some of the speakers that they're going to have at their very first um, uh they're having a summit in Boston, January 17th and 18th. It will coincide with the uh, the Willie O'Ree Jersey retirement ceremony that was postponed. Supposed to happen last year, but because of, you know it, COVID, it was pushed back. But I will actually be speaking at this event. Um, other speakers include Brian Burke, Anson Carter, Grant Fuhrer, Guest of the podcast, Chanel Keenan, our first ever guest right here on the show. Chanel Keenan is going to be speaking. Angela Ruggiero, who has a fantastic um, series that she's doing over at Forbes. I'm going to drop the link in the show notes. And then another guest of the pod, Ty Timinia, Tyler Timinia, the commissioner of the Premier Hockey Federation. I will be on the panel talking about media. Some of the panels will include education, media, indigenous peoples, disabled, and para hockey, the LGBTQ, the LGBTQ plus uh, community in hockey, 
and uh, basically forward looking to solutions. And that's called the Future of Hockey Lab. Very excited for this. I am so honored to be asked to participate in a panel. I cannot wait for Chanel Keenan. Um, Willie O'Ree will be honored. There's just a lot of really great people behind this. And so Bryant McBride and everyone over at the Carnegie Initiative, thank you so much for inviting me. Congratulations on the event. We did get an update as people participating, of course, about what COVID protocol and policy will be because we'll be in Boston, Massachusetts. So I talked about a lot of crappy stuff and stuff that doesn't make me so happy with hockey, but this is one of the reasons I stick around. Carnegie Initiative, Black Girl Hockey Club, some of the people that we've had right here on this podcast, like our guest for the 100th episode that aired on Monday, Everett Fitzhugh, so many amazing people, uh, Jay Foster and Kimmel, you're going to hear from her later in the week, um, Rachel Donner, I mentioned Locked on Flyers podcast in passing, but uh, you know, make sure you check out Rachel and Locked on Flyers, we, we're rivals tonight. But tomorrow we'll see who uh, gets to report some good news. Um, anyway, Carnegie Initiative. Check out the links that I have in the show notes. Also, follow me. It's up on here on social media because I will definitely be tweeting about the event and we'll probably talk about it once we get closer to the event. Um, but that's something that I wanted to share. This was kind of a maj page episode. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening in hockey. Not a lot of it relates to goals and goalies and defensemen and stuff of that nature, but that's kind of just where we are. Anyway, uh, it is a Seattle cracking game day, so if you're flexing today, just like me, I appreciate it. Wear those, those colors proud. As I always say, hold fast, stay true, and of course, let's go cracking!